Welcome to A Christian and a Buddhist Walk Into a Bar. My name is Jamal and I'm a Buddhist. I'm Jacob and I am a Christian. And we are we are sitting here today in the uh, start of November we're recording this. Who knows when this will come out, but right now it's the start of November. <laughs> Christmas is almost here. Crit. I was reminded of that. I've been away for a couple of weeks. So you yeah. know when you go away and, and time just doesn't exist for a yes. little while, right? Oh, yes. Um, and so I came back and someone was talking about how close Christmas... I signed a date of something and it's like November. It's like, oh, man. So that means, dear listeners, the Christmas special oh, yes. will soon be We, we have We well. have a big Christmas special for you, but we're not... That's not what today's podcast is about. <laughs> um, today's podcast is about, I guess, maybe something a little bit... Um, I don't want to say sadder, but maybe more um, more contemplative than the Christmas special. Um, what could be more contemplative than the Buddhamus special? We've been misnaming it. It's anyway. true. Um, how, how about the the um, the inherent racist structures of society? Yeah, okay, that does sound yeah, okay, yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. somber and <laughs> yeah. contemplative um, and contested, yes, interestingly. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so for some, this will be a little bit of a rambly episode, but um, for some context, um, we have recently had in Australia the uh, the referendum on whether or not we should have a uh, First Nations voice to parliament. Um, the referendum uh, voted about 60% that we should not, or at least we should not have such a voice uh, instilled in the constitution, and we live in the one jurisdiction in the country that returned a yes vote. Yeah, although no, although I, I'm 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 calling a little bit of Canberra bullshit on that. In that, if you take the size of Canberra and apply it to any capital city from the centre outwards, it's the same result. Welcome to Canberra, my friend. Yeah, so it's not really <laughs> the one jurisdiction that did that. It's the the one jurisdiction that happened to be small enough that 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 result could occur. Um, and yeah, look, and and I. Uh, you know, this is that that result that happened was, um, you know, I guess you know to surprise no one was a result that I was personally a little bit disappointed in, um, uh, and you know, but, but obviously it was a result that a majority of Australians wanted, and you know, this this episode will not be an attempt to berate anybody because a that's terrible and bad and don't do that, and b it's it's not effective and doesn't lead to productive conversations. So I, I guess this episode to me I think was inspired by. Um, it was inspired by some emotions that I had actually after the result. Yeah, okay. um, I had a I had a fairly emotional response, and one that seemed a little bit outsized for me, given that I myself am not First Nations, um, and so you know, whilst I could be disappointed in the result, it um, it was not a result that that had a a massively tangible impact to my own life personally. Um, so yeah, I guess I was unpacking some of the emotions I was feeling about. The result. I was unpacking some of the the questions I was having, um, and I, I spoke to a friend and kind of stumbled into a really interesting piece of social analysis and an interesting piece of analysis um, that I that I have been grappling with, and I am not fully fully settled with yet. So again, to caveat again, um, you know what what I say today is probably partially it's me working this out, right? Yeah, it's, sure. it's me addressing this, but I I it is not. It is not a. It's not an understanding that I think is inherently religious, and yet I feel like there are religious undertones and tones to it. And when I, when I kind of gave you the very, very abbreviated version of it just before Jacob, you, you, you noted that you felt it was very religious and very Absolutely. associated with Christianity. So, uh, you know, I, I guess we thought it'd be a good, good time to talk about it on the podcast and a good time to to help me unpack my own uh, emotional 
moral social feelings on on the podcast. So what are we talking about then? Hit me. What's a what's this theory you have? Okay, so the the uh, well, I guess crystallized by the referendum result. That was yeah, just had. and and to be clear, that this isn't a theory that is about the referendum result yeah. per se, but I think it's a theory it's that something that you've seen, having observed now that yeah, correct. It's something I think I observed, and I think it's something I felt after the referendum mm-hmm. result, and then something that took the referendum result for me to properly unpack and realize the layers to which it applied elsewhere. Um, and so essentially, the the theory is, you know. For most of my life, I have been a person who I would like to think is fairly cognizant of social issues, fairly cognizant of um, different power structures, of uh, the ways that different systems are uh, beneficial to some people and oppressive to other people and privilege and all these kinds of things. Um, And I've done a lot of work to try and uh, unwind some Mm -hmm. of the the negative impacts that that those systems have and that those structures have in the world. Um, And... I think I have always seen those structures as intersectional and interconnected, um, however, fundamentally as different. So as things that are layered upon each other um, that, you know, when you put them all together in certain intersections can, you know, can be worse, can be more extreme, can be uh, harder for for individuals who experience that, but but fundamentally as different issues. So, you know, patriarchy is an issue and racism is an issue and, and capitalism is an issue right. and like the intersection of those can be a bad thing but they're all separate correct things. they're yeah, all yeah. bad things by themselves but sure. also the intersections are worse and but also that and they are all interconnected right I, I do believe that that one begets the other in different ways and they are all combined but but they're fundamentally different mm-hmm. um and I think one thing that I might be might have shifted on that recently. I think something that I maybe feel differently about now is that at the very least in the Australian context, I haven't really thought about this in a global context as much, but at the very least in an Australian context, I'm not so sure they are all different. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a friend of mine described it as maybe they're just different heads of the same hydra. Mm-hmm. that they might present differently and they might look like different representations of things. But I'm starting to think that maybe they all boil down to the same core issue that is bigger and knottier and more complex and yeah, spouts out different expressions, but is actually fundamentally one issue. And, and, and that issue being the kind of core belief that you have an in-group mm-hmm. and that in-group is worthy of your consideration, your concern, your support uh, of the benefits that you have and you have an out-group and that out-group is worthy of oppression, violence, suppression, that, you know, any form of out-group is um, the enemy and to be opposed and any form of in-group is your people. And to I be wouldn't supported. even say necessarily the enemy I would say maybe unworthy, yeah. In some, or the enemy, like because sometimes yeah, yeah. it is the enemy for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely unworthy. That, that's a good distinction. Um, and I think, I think the thing that really got me is that, you know, I I, I think that that's not a particularly new, yeah, revelation. The, 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 mm. That's that's not the new I mean, revelation you, you, for me. You're, you're describing kind of the term of othering, right? Yes. Which um, psychologists have known about for ages. Um, Edward Said, the political scientist, kind of famously had a study of Orientalism. That was yeah. his coining of othering. Yeah, absolutely. 
the the new revelation to me is that every social ill, every one of these layered things that I perceived as as layered, actually comes back down to othering, but comes back down to essentially othering on the terms of if you are integrated enough to be considered not the other, to be part mm-hmm. of the in-group, we will accept you. And if you are not integrated, if you are segregated out, we will oppress you. Mm-hmm. And even progressive movements in Australia, even you know every attempt in Australia and every successful attempt in Australia at what broadly left-wing progressive people would say at is at progress is just an expansion of the circle and a further integration of people who were previously not integrated into the in-group. So the circle gets mm-hmm. bigger and you are integrating people into the in-group, but you are never fundamentally accepting that people who are not in the in-group are okay mm-hmm. or are you know, because redeemable. Because they, they need to be made okay to get into the in-group. Well, correct. The only way of being okay, the only yep. way of being accepted is by being part of the in-group. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we take this all the way back, right? You know, the early, you know, the enfranchisement of women in Australia happens after the World War because women become enough like men because they had jobs now. That, uh, that As a South Australian, <laughs> I, I'm just going to object to that and point out that South Australia had women's suffrage along with New Zealand before basically anywhere in the world. But okay. continue. This was like late 19th century. I, I, I am, but continue I'm, with your East Coast bias. <laughs> I, I, I am being hyper, hyper, hyperbolic. Sure, here. sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, that happens you know, when people are integrated enough. You know, the... Uh, the granting of of citizenship rights to First Nations Australians in this in the late sixties, early seventies, yep. is a form of we well essentially segregation has failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, integration to the extent of extermination. Yeah, Aboriginal people haven't died out. Yeah, have not is, died out. Was so, a commonly held yeah. theory. So, yeah. so 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 yeah. Okay, we we will integrate as part of the broader society, right? Um, every attempt, you know, every version of we hate these migrants now, we don't hate these migrants anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Greeks and Italians become white enough to be part of society. Even Vietnamese Australians become... White enough in inverted yeah, integrated yeah. to become part of society. Yep. And it's one of those things which I think, you know, I observed this as the issue when it came to racism. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, I was pretty cognizant of this as the issue when it came to racism, partially from personal experience, but also partially because, to me, that's the tip of the iceberg that's most easily visible for this specific yep. issue. But realizing that that was the issue that maybe underlied every other issue mm-hmm. that you know 2016 voting for gay marriage in Australia is an ultimate integration it's people you know it's we're going to accept you know I, I think you speak to a lot of analysts uh, and you know, a lot of people in the queer community who talk about you know once that happened there was this this groundswell of movement and suddenly, Absolutely, there's still homophobia in society, yeah. but it was nowhere near as overt and it was a really different kind of Absolutely. take on that. Yeah. And part of that is just, oh, we've now realized you're actually integrated enough, so we'll just be okay with you now, right? And yeah, if we go all the way back to some earlier episodes we talked about, um, you know, when we were talking about the, the panel event we went to with Salad yeah, Bowl yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you know, Australia has never been good and never really done any version of non-integrated acceptance Mm -hmm. it's all been 
a broadening of who is considered integrated or not, mm-hmm. but it's all still fundamentally based on integration. And so there's this weird kind of catch-22 world you live in where, you know, in order for people to be treated like human beings, they have to be integrated. So you want to expand that circle. But by expanding that circle, you are perpetuating the very problem that exists, which is that we only accept people who are within our circle. Yeah. You cannot cannot have a world that accepts others and accepts those outside of your circle and also think that the solution to social problems is to expand the circle right <laughs> right yeah you know, yep. and, and and i think and i think my analysis of the voice referendum which is kind of where this all came from for me is very much that what the reason it was rejected was because it represented a clear statement from first nations australians that said we don't want to be part of your circle mm-hmm. we want our own thing mm-hmm. you know that that yeah you know, it's an and i think potentially this is this is partially why First Nations oppression still happens in such a strong ways because First Nations community refuse, quite rightly in my view, to be integrated in that way. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we are not just going to become just like you. We're not just going to, you know, adapt and integrate and be part of, Australia, you know, quote unquote, mainstream Australian society like all the migrants have done, like, you know, uh, you know like lots, lots of different groups who yep. have experienced oppression have done. And that statement that says... We need you to adapt your systems to allow us to stand slightly outside. But yeah, we'll have a voice that will speak to your systems, yep. but it's going to be our thing, and it's not yep. going to be your thing, and it's not going to be an integrated thing. And and it's worth pointing out that um, some of a small amount of the the no campaign was precisely Indigenous people in the Black Sovereignty movement who are saying we're making too many concessions yeah, towards right. the whole white systems and structures absolutely thing. right yeah. yeah but that statement that was the statement that was rejected right because mm-hmm. then again it's this thing of you know i think i do believe that genuinely if you asked a majority of australians whether or not you supported indigenous rights whether or not you supported uh you know better outcomes for first nations australians they would say yes i, sure. I don't think the question was about whether or not you wanted better outcomes and better situations and less oppression for First Nations Australians. But the question that was rejected was, are you okay with that being on the terms of Indigenous mm-hmm. people and not on your terms? Mm-hmm. And on the terms where you, where, where a group of people are refusing to integrate with you. And that was rejected. And then the no was given to that. And that, I mean, I was reading some theology earlier this week that just, connected for me with this whole issue which was uh, the author was talking about the fundamental human drive to be um like recognized and seen and heard and, and to have your identity respected in some way um and that that triggered me a little bit reading that in the light of the referendum result because that was precisely what was said no to was the um the desire, so far as I can tell, of First Nations people to actually be seen and heard and accepted on their own terms. Um, but it's interesting, like there's a there's a couple of things going on there, but you, you talked about the constant expanding of the circle. And there's in some, in one sense, something that's kind of Christian, about that in that Christianity in its history has been sort of a constant expansion of the circle in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, 
I've, I wasn't expecting actually that we we'd see that connection in well, there. Well, yeah, and 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 here here's the difficult bit is that my argument is that the expanding of the cir- expanding of the circle is bad. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like it's good and bad, right? I, sure. I, I I do believe that everyone deserves to be treated with respect and treated like human beings. So if the only option to do that is to expand the circle, then I want to expand the circle. But I I do fundamentally think that part of the problem that is perpetuating oppression in the world is that we refuse to it's that by expanding the circle we think we're making progress mm-hmm. but really all we're doing is just othering other people and people you know that and we're f- more firmly entrenching the people outside the circle well and so the, but the the question for that is and and the reason that I think this has a kind of theological connection mm-hmm. is what are the what are the barriers that sit in place that kind of um, enable, encourage, whatever you like, those divisions that, that mean that we see ourselves in in separate circles, whether the answer then is just to acknowledge that separate circles exist and that's all cool or whether it's to go, actually, we need to expand the circle because I, I would argue that at least one way you could think about expanding the circle at an individual level rather than at a societal level is to actually expand your own horizon as to who you think is in and out. Like not at a not how society sees it. But if if you can expand that kind of beyond your immediate family and then kind of whatever tribe and get to all humanity or something you know, some people would say that this is a good argument for being vegan, right? Because you've so expanded your circle that you're so, taking right, in so all of this, life. This is interesting. This is not where I thought this would go, but it's interesting. Are you saying that it is fundamentally, I guess, a Christian thing to expand the circle. I'm saying that Christianity fundamentally expands the circle. So, right. so like this is the thing that separates Christianity from Judaism. So Judaism is a, a really identifiable thing. It has its writings, it has the law, but there's also just a bunch of things that you've got to do to be Jewish practices that you've got to, you, there are a whole bunch of in-group markers that you have to do. And one of the theories as to why Christianity takes off in the way it does in the first couple of centuries CE, um, aside from the Holy Spirit, God doing his thing, is that there's an appetite for something similar to Jewish monotheism within the Greek-speaking world at the time. But they can't become Jewish monotheists because becoming Jewish monotheists is too hard. Mm. All of a sudden, Christianity comes along and says, hey, you can have the Jewish monotheism without all the Jewish bits. You just need to get your head around this Jesus guy. Mm. And that makes it accessible to a whole right. bunch so it, more it, people. It that, expands the Jewish monotheistic circle out towards more people who can be part of it. Well, and, and this is the Apostle Paul's kind of great insight right is that you don't have to do all the jewish stuff in order to be god's people so so actually that's a better way to put it the the way i was saying it previously that's essentially tom holland's argument in his book dominion um but what the apostle paul the, the the apostle paul when he has the encounter with jesus and he has his conversion moment out of his legalistic pharisaic judaism is that he gets a whole new lens on who God's people are and who God's people could possibly be, which is why he spends the rest of his life on mission to non-Jewish people, which was just not a thing that Jews did at so, the time. 
All right, so that makes a lot of sense to me, and I think that helps explain, I think, what I see in Australia, right? Right. And and what I see, yeah, you know, maybe more broadly in the progressive West, right? And you know, it makes sense if it's a Christian basis, right? But yeah, I think that very, very neatly describes, I guess, my articulation of a of what is kind of commonplace progressive politics, mm-hmm. right? Which is that, yeah, that fundamentally, um, that you know, it's morally wrong to consider other people not part of your circle and actually your circle should be big enough to encompass everybody including all plants and animals and sure. you know, take that to whatever extreme you want right and i think that's I still like to eat but you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but like that's an interesting distinction i think and i think it's a really good description of kind of traditional conservatism versus progressivism right conservatism says the circle is correct as it is or as it was in the past and we mm-hmm. should just maintain the circle as it is and all of the, you know. Because, again, I think all social structures and all systems and all ways of being in the world and being with people, uh, once you establish where you think the circle is, they kind of naturally fall out, right? Like mm-hmm. it's totally fine to oppress people of a different skin tone to you if realistically your circle is only people of your skin tone, Yeah, and- right? And so it, what's, what's really interesting there is that it, you're making the argument all, almost, not quite, you're not saying this, but I'll say this, yeah. that Christianity is inherently progressive yes. in that sense. Yeah, well, I, and, and I um, am, right? Because, yeah, in opposition to that conservatism of I like the circle where this is or the circle should be where it is or it should be where it was 50 years ago, mm-hmm. therefore that is the correct circle. And again, conservatives would argue, well, God, you know, that circle is drawn in stone, right? That God demarcates that circle and therefore who are we to change, you know, who yep. are we mere mortals to change where that circle is, and, right? And, and arguably the history of the church or at least the history of the Western church with which I'm most familiar yeah. is a story of kind of ossification into that kind of mm-hmm. conservatism which the Holy Spirit has to bash down right. and bash down and bash down because you can't... In Christian thinking, have a defined circle. So, like, there's this beautiful verse in the letter to the Ephesians, um, in chapter two, verse twelve. Paul writes, "At that time, he's writing to non-Jewish people. At that time, you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who are far away have been brought near by the blood of blood of Christ." For he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. Right. And and, and I think that's exactly right. And I think there is a read of Christianity, which, you know, uh, you know I'm sure I get the feeling you believe in. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to believe in any Christianity, it's probably the read that I would take too, which is that, you know, that, yeah, that a real Christian read is actually to say that, everyone is in the circle, that, that, that you have to expand the circle as far well, as you possibly can. It, everyone, I'd, I'd caveat that slightly, right, which is that everyone can be in sure. the circle and the only change you need to make in the circle is a change of who you're trusting. It's not what are you doing, although obviously that yeah. is effective, but it's not what language you're speaking and it's not what right. cultural practices you're doing or yeah yeah and, and I think and I think that is a good description of I guess modern day Western liberal progressive politics right that, that says mm-hmm. you know we will make progress as we expand the circle that we should expand the circle as far as possible and your progress and progressiveness 
and you know whatever else you know people get accused of being woke because they're looking at people who are considered outside the circle as in the circle and he has, it's that's just a really interesting analysis of i guess yeah what left-wing progressive politics is which i agree with you is probably fundamentally quite christian so i i something i find challenging about that though right is that if if you're kind of constantly expanding the circle that means that there are going to be people in the circle that you don't like yes. there, there are like there are people in the church that i don't like there are people there are people in the church whose politics for instance things we're talking about politics like i deeply disagree with right um and yet they're my brothers and sisters because they have to be because otherwise i've decided that i'm cutting myself off from christ because i've gone well i can't be in the circle if they're in the circle therefore i'm going to leave the circle right um and i i find that really challenging and i'm not sure how well that holds for the broader progressive mm. argument that you're making because there's a bunch of people who are kind of persona non grata within that think because their circle's not big enough. For sure. Well, and in-groups in fight a lot, right? And, sure. and, 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 and I guess, you know, I we, we could go down the track of progressive infighting and, you know, what, you know, people within the circle attacking other people within the circle. But like, I think I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, that, I'm not even that. I'm meaning like, you know, can, can your 2GB talkback host... Like, is the circle big enough to include sure. them as well? Like, well, yeah. I, I, but I would also say that's just progressive people drawing different circles, right? That they're sure. not actually being fully progressive. <laughs> they're just drawing a different circle. But but I guess this is the thing, right? Like, I'm not saying that this is what should be. This is a this is an is-not-ought argument, okay, right? Okay, sure. Like, so I think that is what progressive politics is. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what, you know, progressive politics at its best in Australia and again in the West is, and I can see, and it makes a lot of sense to me that that's fundamentally based in Christianity. Sure. I think that's part of the problem. Right, and this is kind of, I guess, the big crux of my argument and the big kind of contentious bit that I'm grappling with, right, is that I think maybe traditionally, traditionally I was on board with that, and in the past I was on board with that, but I think I'm now forming the opinion that that's actually making things worse, and that's actually part of the problem. Because part of what I observe is that, and maybe this is a this is a different judgment on the structure of the universe, which would make sure. sense given we're Christian and Buddhist here. <laughs> but part of what I'm observing is there are multiple circles, right? That mm -hmm. that it's it is a fact of it's, it's a the given. world. It's a yep. given yep. that there are different circles, mm -hmm. and so you know, even if your circle wants to encompass everybody. You know, it, it. I mean, you could try, but it inherently probably can't. Uh, and also, but also, I guess you know, you you that by by expanding to encompass everybody, you deprive people who would otherwise not be part of the circle of part of themselves, which is the part of themselves that is not part of the circle, right? So you know, um, to use to go back to a kind of tangible integration argument, you know, me as an Asian Australian, right? Mm -hmm. I. I am culturally predominantly Australian, but I have cultural Asian heritage. I have biological Asian heritage. Mm -hmm. I am very well integrated into the Australian circle, right? Sure. I am firmly in the Australian circle. Yeah. But in order for me to do that, there is a part of myself that I have to shut away. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there is, and I, you know, it would be worse, for example, if English was my second language and I spoke a different language and I had to operate in English all the time. Like, sure. it's this is even me as somebody who's raised Western, raised Australian, only really practically speaks English, um, is culturally very Australian and Western, but yet even still, I feel there is a part of me that I have to shut away and not allow to be in the world mm-hmm. in order for me to punch my ticket and being part of the circle. Yeah. Right? And and Because the center of the circle yeah. is, you know, white, heterosexual men, whatever. We were talking about privilege. No, it it still is. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. So, so in order to be in that circle, there is part of me that inherently exists outside of the circle, mm-hmm. and I've just got to leave that behind. Sure. I can't bring that with yep. me. Right. And and that I'm I'm completely with you and just want to pivot back to Christianity for a moment if I can mm. to to say that that's actually that's that's not a flaw with the expansion of the circle. I I don't think I think it's actually a flaw with the circle itself. Right. It's that the circle hasn't expanded widely enough Be, because like so, so to take it, I, I'm I'm talking purely on a faith theological sure. perspective rather than sociological for a moment. But it it ought not to matter, and the ch- in the church at its best, it does not matter what your gender is or what your language is or what cultural practices you do or like like a Coptic Christian who is practicing you know, their Christianity in the same way for 1800 years and uh, like modern Pentecostal, like they're both still equally Christian within that one big circle, right? And, and there are parts of that that I'll grant kind of end up kind of needing to be outside of the circle but there's two there's there's two aspects to that that i i think happen within a faith perspective and the one is that some people feel like their doubts or their questions or their challenges to the system or whatever that they need to leave outside of the circle and actually the i i would say that the circle can take that and should take that and and the church does itself a disservice when it's like, hey, you can't bring your questions or your challenges or whatever because they actually belong inside. That's part of being human. But the other bit that gets left outside that I guess we bring in to an extent but is the the baggage, the, you know, the sin basically that we do where we harm other people or we you know, act in ways that hurt ourselves and hurt others and ultimately like – we don't want that. Now, I get that's different to what you're talking about here. Well, yeah, and, and I'm I, saying I can, that's because the circle's not big enough in but, what sure, you're talking but about. Like, but, I, but I think that that's, a, that's an argument from it, – it's a moot point, right? It's a purely philosophical argument because I can, I can accept that that's a theological you know, truth, right? Sure. That, that, that God's circle should be big enough or is big enough for everybody. But it's a sociological impossibility. Sure. You know, I, I just you – know, it, yeah, it's, it's just not – it's it's if it is possible at all in human society, it is possible multiple multiple thousands and millions of years into the future. It's not possible anywhere in our lifetimes uh, or anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and and I think there's a, I, I guess that's again that's kind of the crux of part of what I see the problem is right is because 
when when you accept the fact that there are circles and sure. there is always a circle that doesn't extend to everybody mm-hmm. um and that you know the circle can expand but by expanding it cuts off parts of people that are sitting on the outside or on the edges of the circle so yep. the circle might expand and incorporate somebody and because it's incorporating part of their edge but until it expands to incorporate their wholeness yes it will always require that person to yes remove part of themselves and i guess fundamentally for me that's just not the right way to go or it's at least not the way to go that's actually going to properly lead to real genuine acceptance and real a world in which you really truly actually allow everybody to be who they are genuinely you know to me the only way of doing that is to reject the notion that you need to expand the circle, mm-hmm. but sure. along with that, reject the notion that anybody outside of the circle deserves oppression, right? You have to dismantle the idea that the circle is the only people we should care about. So rather than expand who you care about, sure. you just say, well, it doesn't matter whether or not you're in my circle or not. It doesn't matter whether or not, you know, you know, you the circles exist, you have them, you accept that you have them and you accept that, you know, sure, you maybe can make them bigger, but at the end of the day, they are what they are. We, and instead, what you adopt is a mindset that says, I'm going to treat every single person, irrespective of whether or not they're in or out of my circle, the same way, with the same level of decency, with the same level of sure. respect, with the same level yep. of, you know, um, humanness. And and I think I think when we get caught in a politic of how do we expand the circle, how do we expand the circle, you fundamentally undermine the ability of anybody to go, why do we need to expand the circle? Why can't I why can't it why can't it just be okay that that person over there is fully and completely different to me Mm -hmm. and they you know that that i don't need them to be anything like me i don't need them to engage in my circle in any kind of way i still fundamentally will actually care about that person and treat them with respect and do that kind of thing and you know that is almost that is anti-progressive politics in a way, right? Like, yeah, yeah, could because because I'm I'm saying let's not expand the circle, right? It, it, yeah, it, you're, you're I'm contesting the premise, um, and yeah, maybe that's more of a Buddhist take because I guess thinking about this now, I think probably the Buddhist take is that there are no circles, right? <laughs> that that circles well, are just an illusion, well, so- and that you kind of just have. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Again, in Buddhism, there is no ego, right? So yeah, a yeah. circle is an ego, uh, you yeah. know, or a cultural and therefore ego. a delusion. Yeah, therefore a delusion. Yeah. So, so the idea you should you should treat everyone the same because they are the same. There is no such thing as a circle, but that's a little esoteric. But like the practical application is, well, I can't help but have an ego. I can't help but have a circle. Yeah. Um, but I need to essentially remove the remove my kind of human deluded observations of difference or of hierarchy or of any of my attachments to what the circle means. I had to drop all of that and treat someone who's on the completely opposite end of the spectrum on the opposite end of the circle, the same way I would treat the person standing next to me in my circle. Yeah, sure. And, and so I think you have made the Buddhist point of the Christian point that I'm about to make, right? Which is, um, and I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing I said before in a different way, but maybe I'm not. So um, listeners at me, um, 
which is that it, the the question is like how how do you live as though maybe as though the circle didn't exist or certainly as though the circle didn't have any barriers around it mm. and there's two things that go along with that because i i would say that that that's actually learning how to inhabit god's circle which is ridiculously wider and more all-encompassing than anything we can imagine so kind of progress the expansion of the circle mm. in that take is actually really just our circle trying to catch up with where god's already been at and been at for some time so kind of but the then the question of well how do you do that i, th I think it has to be taken in bite-sized chunks well i mean i to, don't know that you can to take it to its extreme it's anarchy versus communism right yeah like if, if you want to sure. really go down the extreme political lens yeah, of yeah. It, how do you do that well the extreme politic of liberal western left-wing politics is communism everyone is a comrade so everyone is just equal under the state mm -hmm. um and the state is the organization that can deem that and can authorize that sure uh, and anarchy is just you know there is no authorization of anything just you know people do what you want to do and just you know do it in such a way that you know operationally works and is fine for you but also you know just don't essentially don't impose your will on anyone else yeah yeah both of which systems don't actually work in reality for a variety of different reasons like as political right, systems right but but, but, but but i think in terms of a politic that we can <clears throat> actually move forward with right to, to bring this back to the practical for a second yeah, yeah. Right? How, how do you do this like i think in terms of i think there's a fundamental shift needed in politics and i'm going to say in left-wing politics because i really don't think that anyone who's of a conservative mindset will will have any interest in engaging with this whatsoever um and maybe i wouldn't I'm, be so quick yeah, sure. yeah. Maybe, I'm, maybe i'm wrong about that i and yeah but I, but I think, you know, I think you you have to. I mean, firstly, you have to stop the train in order to turn the train around, right? Like you have to stop this obsession with, you know, well, let's just keep expanding the circle. Let's just constantly include more and more people into the version of society that we're comfortable with. And you have to kind of fundamentally put that to a halt and go, well, hold on. What does it look like to truly and genuinely accept somebody for being different, mm -hmm. right? That what does it look like to not need anybody to be the same as me whatsoever mm -hmm. and to genuinely not treat them with any kind of hierarchical, structural, powered relationship um, due to their position or their identity or whatever else that actually you know yeah how how can i go about treating everybody genuinely equally irrespective of whatever they happen to be or who they happen to you know any characteristic traits they might have and like mm -hmm. that's really hard and i think you know going back to your other point i think you know liberal progressives are as bad as that as anyone else because you know as soon as somebody disagrees with them politically suddenly they're being booted and you know yeah yeah um and, and but like li literally like what what you're describing there in, in christian terms is just the concept of grace right like the the idea and and the way that this logically works itself out in christianity is i can't be good enough for life with god to put it that way like i i can't be who i'm truly meant to be 
by my own power and my own doing. God has to do that for me, right? And and so therefore, in my acknowledgement of that and my faith and trust in God for that, I forfeit the right to judge anybody else based on where they're at because we're all fundamentally in the same boat. Right, and, 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 and maybe, maybe this is an interesting point. Maybe this is an argument that we can both get behind. Which is that the only solution to that is a is a religious and theological solution, a spiritual solution. Absolutely, right? Like yes, the, the, absolutely. The, there is no sociological solution to that, right? Because sociologically, um, you you cannot. Well, I mean, um, well, maybe you can. Like, you, you can see a world in which it's fully acceptable for everybody to do that, but the only path to that world is a spiritual path. Where if you attempt a sociological path, you then just start. You know, you make a bunch of rules that people yeah. have to follow, and they end up following them resentfully, and we all right. know where that leads. And and and, and, and you you can't, and, and, which is actually kind of the backlash against progressive politics in the West Absolutely that we're seeing at right. the moment. Yeah. And, yeah, and and if you try and follow it sociological too, you 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 cannot sociologically undermine the inherent power structures that exist so much so that people can genuinely treat people equally without consideration for them. So if you took away all the attempts to expand the circle all you would end up with is a fairly conservative politic because (laughs) you can't actually undermine patriarchy you can't actually properly get rid of misogyny and racism and you know classism and all these things right so the only way to do that is to shatter those concepts spiritually Mm -hmm. and that the only way to do that is to essentially find a truth that is greater than all of those concepts yep Right. Okay. This is interesting. Right. So, if we, if the, if the end game is to accept everyone equally, you yep. have to accept that structural power exists, and you have to therefore override structural power somehow. Yep. You can't do that from a sociological position because structural power is the overriding thing that overrides everything else. So, you, the only way to do that is to go around structural power. Yes. Find a system, God, uh, Dharma, some kind of truth that overrides structural power to then be able to properly and if you can fully buy into that spiritual truth you then may have an opportunity to override structural power and come back to actually treating everyone equally so i just want to get get my christian fully on for Go on. 2 minutes okay. here right because firstly this is exactly what god does in jesus christ right doesn't come and set up a structural power and go, here's what you all got to do, guys. And we were talking recently, we had a ramble about um, the divine right of kings and best form of government and all of that kind of stuff, right? Like God patently doesn't do that. In fact, kind of ends up seemingly being destroyed by the structural power in order to show that the structural power doesn't actually have the power that it thinks it does. But the second thing that you're doing there is is you're actually making the argument within Christian terms for evangelism. Because if the only way to change things is some kind of spiritual change and not just changing the structures and the systems because you wind up you wind up with the communist problem, right? Where you've just got a different mob in power and they start using the power for their own ends. Then if if I'm someone for whom to a greater or lesser extent I'm not seeing the circles and I'm seeing all other people kind of just equally and treating them equally, right? Then if I see someone who does seem to have barriers between themselves and other people, I'm going to want that other person for their own sake to live without those barriers, right? Like it's a, a, 
of setting people free kind of logic. Like that's a to me that's a fundamental logic of like well, like it, it's, it's, it's I've it's got an, good it's news a, an and argument. I want you to have that good news as well. That, well, it, it's an argument for it's an argument for religious power. I mean, I don't think you necessarily have to evangelize for it. And again, I, I, will, I will contest that I, I don't think see, not seeing the circles is the wrong way to go about it because not seeing the circles is to not recognize the existing structures. So you need to see the circles. No, no, you but, to, but to, to, correct to yeah. act to act as though there was no yeah, barrier. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, like again, I, I'm not sure. Again, I don't know the way you do that is to just convince everyone of that. I think you have. To, I think you know. The, 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 there's an autocratic approach here that's just like, you know, you've got to kind of smash it with a blunt instrument in some kind of way, right? It, it's quite difficult. Yeah, maybe it's possible, right? But it's it's very difficult to just convince everybody that the circles aren't important and that it's okay to to be all right with people who are not part of their circle. And because, again, inherently, and this goes back to our you know, uh, best form of government idea, mm-hmm democratic systems will always be majoritarian they're always going to be one whichever circle happens to be the biggest trying to impose its interests on all of the other circles that are smaller yeah um so how do you you know that might work for all the people in the small circles but how do you get the people in the big circle to drop that power and say well actually i'm not going to look at my own interests because i genuinely don't value my own interests over the interests of anybody else well, and and this is this is what I'm saying is like what what you're describing there, and it doesn't need to be Christian necessarily, but but what you're describing is needed is conversion, like I, like yeah, people's hearts need to change. I would argue from a Buddhist perspective, what what yeah. is needed is enlightenment. Yeah, sure. Like, like what is sure. needed is awakening, actually, yep. and maybe, yep. maybe more so than enlightenment. Um, well, awakening is a nice Christian term. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah, but yeah, like, I, but I think you know what is needed is a recognition of you know, and and I will argue the Buddhist point here that actually you know yeah, rather than just observing that all all are part of God's circle, I would actually argue that well yeah, what you really need to do is is realize that um, that the circles are non-existent and they're all an illusion and you know and false. But yeah, what 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 is needed is an awake is a social awakening and an awakening of people to that and. That I think is an argument in a Buddhist sense for how you you know not so much Buddhist conversion but Buddhist practice conversion. You know, yeah, that can happen on an individual level if you get someone meditating enough. You know, they can do that. Yeah, perhaps. And like to me, and this is a episode for another day, or probably all the podcasts that we'll, we'll ever record. <laughs> which is that um, to me, actually, the 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 Christian argument there, or the logic of Christianity around that, are, are just way more compelling Mm. um which is that well because i know i'm good with god that's what pulls the barriers down Mm. and and that's what ought to pull the barriers down for other christians as well let alone then people who don't know god yet like that's yeah yeah. Uh, well speaking of um Stringing things up and pulling things down. It reminds me of a time a Christian and a Buddhist walked into a bar. And put up Christmas lights because it was that time of year. Well, no, but they, they didn't put up Christmas oh, really? lights. But they did walk into the bar and they did see Nasruddin hanging up a picture on the wall. Wonderful. Of the bar. So Nasruddin was yeah. up on a chair yeah, hanging up a picture. Uh, and, you know, just put a picture. It was just a standard picture, no, not a religious picture of any kind. Um, and, and you know, and, and he, he, he turns to the, his old mates, Christian and Christian and Buddhist, and goes, "Oh, how you doing? I um, I had this thought while I was hanging up this picture, which is like, what's the difference between 
Jesus and this picture. And, you know, the Christian looked at it and was like, I can't tell. I don't know. What is the difference between Jesus and this picture? And Nasruddin goes, oh, well, you know, I only really needed one nail to hang up this picture. Yeah. <laughs> you warned me about that joke kind of before we started and I, I, I hadn't heard it till just then. I was like, yeah, go for it. See where I go. It's not, it's not the project level. It's yeah, very yeah. fine. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, cool. all right. <laughs> well, we'll keep that one in. Um, thank you very much for chatting with me about this. I'm still not fully convinced on anything I've said. I'm just, you know, it's an interesting way to process my thoughts uh, live on air. Um, but I, I found it really it. helpful to be thinking about the circles and, and actually that, that whole abolition of the barriers rather than the constant expansion of the server. Mm. That's, that's been helpful for me. Yeah, well, if you found that helpful, uh, you can uh, email us at christianbuddhistbar at gmail.com with all the helpful things that that's helped you do in your life. And Kevin McLeod has helped us with our music. We're grateful for that. He we'll has. see you next week. And Jacob's on his phone looking for a Bible verse.